All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soma Mama podcast. We have a returning guest here whom I'm so excited to have a conversation with. His name is Randy Maloney. And believe it or not, he actually prompted this podcast, which I was so excited about, uh, given the just the feedback and the energy that we received from our last conversation in our last episode where we talked about yoga, we talked about Savadhyaya, self-study, uh, and so much more. We got to hear a little bit more about Randy's story, bringing voice and light to his journey and where he has gone and what he has gone through in the last just under 40 years of his life. <laughs> he has so much knowledge to share with us. You also would not ever know that Randy's 40. I mean, it seems like he's lived 100 years and some, but he appears to be like a 25-year-old. Um, so we are here today to talk to you about authenticity which is one of my favorite ever topics, and I know it is Randy's as well. Um, and so we are going to talk about what it's like to one, sit through feelings of discomfort, and then two, now what, right? And I, I think that that's often how we feel, and I often call it the liminal space, like you're not where you once were and you're not where you're going quite yet. Thus, you're in the gray area and it's like, well, what? What do I do? Uh, and so Randy's going to tell us a little bit more about kind of the road to authenticity. And, and if you are in a moment of current present moment of sitting in discomfort, um, what you can how you can manage that and and where you can go from there. And for those of you who have been in these periods in life, maybe you're not in one right now, you can likely call upon your own personal experience. And the cool thing about self growth and maturation is every time we're in discomfort, be it whatever facet of life, it's going to feel a little bit different because we're coming with new experiences, new uh, tools in our toolkit per se to help us through those moments. So without further ado, Randy, for those who haven't come to listen to the Summer Mama podcast, why don't you give us just a little bit, a little brief introduction on yourself and then we'll get right to it. Wow, Courtney, that was uh, quite an intro. Um, thank you so much for that. I'm so happy to be back. Um, you know, have another wonderful conversation with you. And, you know, more importantly, continuing that conversation that we started in that first podcast. I am, you know, currently on that journey to authenticity. I think it's, uh, it's an ongoing process. I'm not sure if it'll ever end um, until, like, my last breath. But what I do know is that I... I feel so much more aligned with myself and at peace when I am listening to myself and allowing myself to be my most authentic person and however that may look um, and not judge it. Last time we spoke, um, we, we talked about this idea of self-study, Svedhyaya, and the importance of it in yoga. And as a yoga instructor, now a Pilates instructor, I, I recognize this really important thing about breath to movement. Also, um, so, sometimes things come up for me when I am in, in practicing movement, breath to movement. And I often 
I know better to really carve out that space for myself to really kind of sit in it. <laughs> and sometimes it's really discomforting and I'm not sure what exactly it is. But the difference now is that I'm not looking for these distractions to constantly take me away from these feelings of discomfort. And rather I'm kind of sitting in it knowing and having the wisdom to know that it's actually this like this inner knowing that is letting me know that there's something to be learned or something to to understand about myself and this is what i'm hoping we can talk about in today's podcast i was literally just writing journaling about this very topic this morning and this was i swear to you all this is completely unplanned so this just tells you the kismet divine nature of this conversation and i was writing about just that like i find so often for myself and my own healing journey it's it's giving myself that permission slip to just feel and in the short time randy and i have known each other this is these are the conversations the abundant like wholehearted authentic conversations we've had around yeah, like what does it look like to just allow yourself to be in your feels on a holiday? And you may, your mind may have not thought that's how it was going to be, but your heart presented that, you know? And, and what would it look like to just allow yourself to be in the discomfort without having to change it in that present moment? And that's exactly it, Courtney. It's not about reacting to it. And, you know, let's just jump right in. Um, our last conversation, we talked about self, you know, I talked about self-study and, and how that kind of has led me through my life to make certain choices and how it's, I benefited from that. And, it, you know, it took self-study to, to bring this awareness in myself that a lot of the identities that I was holding on to were given to me. I, like I was, I inherited these certain identities um, as a child. It's like, you know, uh, like, poor and at times homeless and, you know, food insecurity, all of these things, you know, first generation uh, Mexican-American. Um, I mean, all of these things that were given to me. And through self-study, I recognize that, yes, they were identities given to me, but they're not necessarily identities that I, that I see myself as. <laughs> and that has been that has been, you know, this, this last year has been such a, a moment of, of deep reflection for me and trying to understand myself in, in, in more um, understanding ways and, you know, giving myself more compassion and giving myself that space to really figure out who, who I am. And I found myself asking myself this question throughout this past year. And it was like, who is Randy? Who is, who is Randy without the, um, you know, the trauma, you know, um, this person who was shaped by struggle and survival and like, who am I now? And can I let some things go? And can I just relax more into things that feel really authentic to me? And I, you know, Growing up the way that I did, I've come to understand that I'm very motivated by success and achievement or like the, the outward um, appearance of success and achievement. And I recognize, I always thought it, it was something that was just a part of my personality that I'm just a very, you know, a go-getter and I'm a doer and I'm about like achievement and I'm just about these goal settings. 
And now I understand it, that it wasn't really based off of who I was in my most authentic self, but rather it was fear-based. It was a fear-based motivation because uh, no one really paid attention to me as a kid. I, I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel like they saw me as a success. And I think we all had this need to be seen that way. And I found myself carrying that same pattern until very recently where the more that I sit with the discomfort of why am I doing this and I don't have to do that and I don't have to try, you know, fill up my calendar and try to build and, you know, all of these things that I think that I need to be doing, but rather I find myself more in connection and community. And I find, I find when I'm in connection and community, it, you know, it's what really nourishes me and, and it feels like my most authentic purpose. And right now I'm, I'm really figuring out navigating what that looks like for me, you know, how can I be my most authentic self and make a living in community connection? That makes the most sense to me. And I know this has been an ongoing conversation, you know, both you and I, and I just really appreciate, you know, how much you, you give me in that regard. And I see you also doing this kind of, you know, um, shaping yourself in the person that you want to, that you feel yourself to be. And I want to hear more about what that's been like for you and what the challenges of that. And how did you work through the, those initial responses to step out of that discomfort and get distracted? You know, whatever that may look like, right? Like it's your phone, it's, you know, it's social media, it's food, it's, you know, whatever that may look like. And I just, I want to hear from you, Courtney. <laughs> Yeah, and you may hear my little toddler in the background who is uh, entertaining himself and also prodding for my attention simultaneously. Uh, for those who are parents know exactly, or and, and or pet parents know exactly what that may feel like. Um, yes, Randy, thank you for asking the question and also thank you for, uh, for sharing your reflections and your experiences. And that is reciprocity will forever be one of my favorite words. And I so value, I just wanna take a moment to bring gratitude to reciprocity and conversation. As that sounds so simple, right? But we know often that's not typically the reality um, in conversation. It can feel one-sided or it can feel like, you know, typically there's roles, maybe like one person's a listener and one person's a sharer, etc. Um, so anyway, that's why I really appreciate having you as a friend and also having a podcast where we can just bounce ideas off of one another. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, couple things that I noted with what you had said, um, having a, a different upbringing, but also feeling um, at large. And I know this is one thing I shared in one of our yoga trainings right off the bat was at large, I feel I felt misunderstood and actually not even not even misunderstood. I just flat out didn't feel understood growing up. I was this highly emotional, empathic, like intuitive child. My mom actually would call me her little crystal ball. I could I could say name things that would happen before they would happen I would I just did and and I was also an intense feeler which meant I cried at everything in childhood um so I was often told like Courtney you're too sensitive and um 
you need to grow a backbone. And so my sensitivity got suppressed, 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 which is where it ties into these, in my trauma work I've done, we call them conditioned tendencies or limiting beliefs, um, which oftentimes they can be trauma informed, right? Be it the outside world telling us like, quote, we're not good enough, or you're not strong enough, or you're too sensitive, or our inside world, our inside self telling us those same things. And that's part of my curiosity in, in life in general and in the practice of self-study is where do where exactly do these things, these thoughts and these beliefs come from, um, be it not someone else or be it not the extrinsic world, right? And maybe it's society, maybe it's a family system at whole, maybe it's a culture, maybe it's a religion informing you of certain beliefs um, that you at your core uh, don't feel or maybe don't agree with or just are you know it's flat out wrong right it's it's tarnishing your unique sense of self and that when i speak that out loud that makes me the most sad ever my i can feel my child my inner child just something her shoulders and putting her head down um because no one's creativity no one's uniqueness should ever be tarnished in any way and um and i you know, I, one thing I wanted to just point on too is um, like, Randy, you mentioned, you know, I was, I was born into food insecurity. I was born into homelessness. I was born into abuse, a single parent household, et cetera, moving around a lot. And, um, and by no means am I saying that like, oh, people who hold privilege, you know, might experience some similar situations, um, be it privilege, privilege through their race or socioeconomic status, um, their geographical location. But one thing I find interesting about privilege is, is oftentimes, especially imagine a child or maybe even an adolescent, they don't know anything different, right? So someone who's grown up with an abundance of resources doesn't know any, doesn't know what it's like to not have that. Right. And thus that also informs their way of being. And I find that very interesting um, as we talk about how, I mean, really the practice of self-study and dissecting self, which I will forever be a student of. Um, and, and another thing I want to touch on just before passing the mic back to you, Randy, is I loved hearing you say, like, I find myself when I am also in connection and in community. And that makes me beam so, so big. And my inner child is literally doing backflips right now. Um, as this has been one of my forever questions, particularly in partnership and more specifically in romantic partnership. So being someone who myself, who's fiercely individualistic and independent, I have had this narrative that has said, I must heal or I must do this and this and this by myself with no one else i have to do it first before i can even engage with anyone else and even when i when i really dissect that thought i'm like wow that's very binary it's very like this or that and as i've experienced through life that's not really like life has a lot of dang gray area it has a lot of liminal space and so one of my personal questions that i continuously leaning into is oh can i find myself in partnership too and you know i still have unfinished answers to that question but but simply put 
Yes. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, can I find myself in community? Well, oftentimes people find more of themselves in community when there is a sense of alignment, right? Be that through your culture, your sexual orientation, your educational interests, etc. And um, and I know something that's something that you and I relate a lot on, Randy, is is unity, connectedness, hence the Philly Yoga Network and this desire to bring people together who are of similar mindset, but also might have totally different walks of life. Courtney, you just you said it. You said it all. Um, what I love about our relationship is that we are from very different backgrounds. And, but we, we allow ourselves to get vulnerable with each other, that we're building trust. Um, I have shared things with you and, I've, you know, and times that I've felt feelings of discomfort and I'll give, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give that example. I mean, it was a beautiful moment where I reached out to you and I told you the truth and I told you how I was feeling and you responded in a way that was so nourishing to me and I'm going to go ahead and tell that story because it's just it's just too amazing not to. You were um, you were hosting a, um, a housewarming party that I had committed to going to, and um, I just recently bought a condo in a, in a new neighborhood. And um, my window was I, there was a rock thrown, and um, the front of my windshield was was kind of sh shattered, and it wasn't it wasn't safe to drive, and. <clears throat> when I was just sort of like, wow, but I made a commitment. I have to go to this party. Like I wanna be there for Courtney, I wanna show up. I wanna enjoy myself, but I'm also feeling these really intense feelings right now. And I'm not sure what to do about them. And the more that I sat with these um, emotions because they were very uncomfortable, I was starting to feel feelings of unsafety. All of these childhood feelings that I am I'm experienced, uh, I'm very experienced of feeling, which is not feeling safe, not, um, having to replace something that I didn't break. Um, can I, you know, can I park my car, like my car in the, in the neighborhood? I mean, all of the, in, in, in a parking garage that I, you know, that has a parking, you know, with a door. <laughs> I mean, just all of these things were coming up for me. And I reached out to you and I committed to being honest to you. And I told you that I really wanted to be there, but you know, this situation had happened and I was feeling very overwhelmed and not sure how to handle this. And your response was so wonderful in that you just really let, I felt seen by you. I felt supported and, and, it, and also encouraged. You, you validated my feelings. You supported my feelings of sitting with that discomfort and working through these emotions that I was experiencing. And was it, um, was that the reality or was that like very colored by my past experiences? And I just, you know, that's what it's about, right? This connection community, I, it gave me something. It was a gift to me in that I was, I was able to kind of just calm down and be able to separate the very trauma-informed response that I was having to the reality of, you know, this, this happened and I can replace it and I can afford it. And I'm not like on the brink of homelessness and I'm not, this is not a recurring problem. And I don't live in a neighborhood where I'm constantly felt like my safety is um, being threatened or, you know, 
you know, all of these stories that, that can play out in my head. And I just really appreciate you for that. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. It really doesn't. Thank you for that. Absolutely, Randy. Absolutely. I, I was almost excited to hear what you had to say because I was like, oh, yeah, what did I do? And I think that's, <laughs> you forget. I, well, that's, you know, that's the thing, Courtney. It's like you don't know what your words and how you're going to impact somebody. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, and I know as a yoga instructor, sometimes the things, the space that we give people, the things that we say uh, when we come, when we approach our students in our community with kindness and compassion, we have a huge impact. And we may not even realize the impact that person is experiencing, but we do. And this is where you, you know, your question about healing in relationship, it's yes, Courtney, we don't heal by ourselves. We're not, we weren't built to, to be alone and you know, existing on our own. We're, we are meant to, we need each other and we heal in relationship. And Absolutely. Whether it be, you know, friendship, community, even romantic. I even have, I'm, I'm even asking myself certain hard, dif difficult questions and old patterns that I am playing out myself. I, I've come to recognize that I seem to be very attracted to people, to, to individuals who have this outer appearance of outward success. Um, and well, is that, is that, does that really make sense for me now? What am I, what am I not seeing here? Because it's not clearly working out the way that I think it should be working out. And I just recently met somebody that I was very um, impressed by for so many reasons and checked all the boxes. And as we're speaking, um, more comes out that, you know, their work schedule is like insane and that they have no balance and, you know, um, I had to, you know, I had to ask this question of like, you know, when is it enough? You know, what's the goal? What's like, when are you going to slow down and, and do, and do find that balance? Cause I understand that initial kind of working really hard to get to somewhere you want to be, but at some point, when are you going to open yourself up and be vulnerable to, to really heal in a relationship? I, I'm inviting in someone who can slow down, be present be able to communicate with me and, and communicate to the difficulties of relationships when it does happen. And I just, I recently read something that really resonated with me and it may even, you know, it's really challenging, believe me. Um, but the idea of like sitting with your partner and, you know, you're kind of react, not even reacting, but you're just doing what you know, right, Courtney? Nobody chooses it. Like you just, you're given this kind of imprint as a, as a child and you kind of act it out without even realizing it. And sometimes that creates issues in a relationship because, you know, we're both different people. However, you know, can we sit down together? And, and this is what, what I was reading and it may be, you know, is it, can I do it? I mean, that's a whole nother thing. It's a practice, but, you know, if one of those times of difficulty of, the, of you know, disagreement, um, can we sit down and hold each other's hand and be able to communicate effectively through that disagreement and, you know, 
remaining to be respectful and loving towards each other. It's like, and I'll give you an example, right? And okay, so do I, let's say I meet someone, like two people. Let's say that I'm, in, I'm kind of dating two people. <laughs> and there, one person has this really out, outward appearance of success, work and lifestyle and everything like that. And um, I am attracted to that. And then there's this other person who it may be not be not as shiny in regards to this outer appearance of success, but is very grounded and very present with me. And we, we just by chance have the same disagreement. Um, I have the same argument, disagreement with these, these two individuals. And um, the person with the outer um, you know, appearance of success, the way that chooses to, to disagree with me or to communicate with me is to attack my mother for her parenting style. And then the other person, um, the more grounded and more available present one response to me is, I understand. Like, I understand you. I understand where it's coming from. I still love you. I respect you. Let's communicate through this. And so now I'm, you know, at 40, I'm like starting to recognize that, wait a minute, you know, here's another thing that I've learned about myself through self-study. Here's another thing that I've learned about myself through authenticity, which is I actually, I want somebody who's very present and grounded and who can really have a healthy relationship with me, who can communicate those things with me. And I really do believe that healing takes place in, that, in a relationship and in different ways, right? Because there's different levels of relationships. I think that the romantic ones hit closer to the heart I think you're the most vulnerable in them. I think um, you know the friendship is a different kind of uh, vulnerability, but it's but it's you know necessary to the healing. And I and I feel like I've gotten so much from you, and I hope you get a lot from me as well. And it is so nourishing to me. Um, you know, just community members, you know, yoga students. I mean, all of these relationships really play a role into my my own well being, my overall well being. And I am very committed to staying patient to meet that person who can really meet me where I, I want to be, meet me in that healthy place of communicating our feelings without judgment and anger and blaming. And because I, I'll tell you, Courtney, from, from my past experiences, when I'm in, if I'm in a romantic relationship and I'm, I'm really in love with somebody and they and I'm trying to be honest and vulnerable and trying to express myself and communicate and the reaction is very not supportive. I, I kind of take it, I kind of take it out on myself and I, I'm done with that. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm really moving away from those relationships that don't really nourish me. And I, I really do think that that comes also from authenticity is that, I'm a very, I know that I'm a very kind person. I'm a very giving person and I'm a very loving person. I don't want to have to, to default to be in a relationship where there's constant criticism and, and, you know, anger or, you know, all of that stuff that happens when you can't see each other, you can't see be, from the other person's eyes, right? Being able to not being able to see it from the other point of view and recognizing that we're all we all have different experiences and they're all valid. And you're no less of a person for those experiences. Absolutely. 
Thank you. Thank you again, Randy, for sharing your reflections and a couple of things I wanted to to piggyback off of there. And one of them being uh, just in my own one experience as human and then two as, as kind of a fly on the wall. I mean, I've always been a keen observer since day one, like uh, my family shared stories of me in childhood, just kind of eyes turning, taking everything in um, and the, the three rules of thumb of like human acknowledgement and behavior are one, humans want to be seen, two, humans want to be heard, and three, humans want to be appreciated. And you could even tag, this didn't come to me innately, but, or immediately, but four, like humans want to be, to be desired. You could kind of interchange appreciated and desired, but the, the two, the top two are seen and heard. And I think that that's really important heading into conversation, particularly in romantic relationships and in friendships, and then also in family relationships and professional dynamics and those latter two are are complex for a multitude of reasons um but i also wanted to before we get drift too far away from authenticity i want to um i want to ask you a question randy and and that is what drives authenticity it's a really good question courtney and it's one i've been thinking about um a lot lately and i, I want to acknowledge first um Hallie Bayer, the owner of Thrive Pilates and Yoga. And because our, our interactions always, whenever I'm, you know, when it comes to Pilates or yoga, it's always, the response to me is always just be yourself, be your most authentic self. And I really hear that. I really, I really, whenever she tells me that, I hear it and I appreciate it. And what I've come to understand is that you need to surround yourself with people who are encouraging you to be your most authentic self. And not coming in with these expectations of who they think you should be or how you should be in order for them to, you know, essentially for their entertainment. I, I know, and it's authenticity, authenticity to me is that this understanding that I'm not here for your entertainment and you're not here for mine. I'm here to live my life. I'm here to be in community. I'm here to be in relationship. I want to be in healthy ones. And I'm just... What I can say, and I guess, you know, to the audience, to the people listening is, you know, surround yourself with people who encourage your most authentic self without judgment, without fear, without any kind of control, but rather this, this space and, um, you know, we all benefit from it. We all benefit from allowing ourselves to be who we are. And so, yeah, I, authenticity is understanding that who you are as a person at the core of who you are as you work through those layers it, you're not here for anyone else's purpose but your own and i'm finding my purpose as a yoga instructor i'm finding my purpose as a, a, like a new like now as a newly minted pilates instructor it's that I love encouraging students to, to really find their breath and move with their breath and just be embodied. And I had this really amazing experience happen to me right before the new year where I taught a, a yoga class. And 
it was just the energy, oh, Courtney, the energy was just everything. And there's this, I, I when uh, students are in Supta Bhadi Kanasana, I, I like to, I like to say this one cue, it's a very popular one that I like to, to cue, which is, um, and, you know, let me preface that I usually, you know, through a class, I, I like to kind of highlight that, you know, so much of yoga, so much, of the, so much of the work in yoga is done between your ears, right? Are you able to still your mind? So by the time we get to Supta Bhadi Kanasana, towards the end of the sequence, I, I have them put one hand on their heart, one hand on their belly, and I, and I say the quickest way, you know, in yoga, the quickest way to stillness is through gratitude. Gratitude for your breath and gratitude for your beating heart. And, and then I have everybody as a community, as a group, take three deep cleansing breaths together. And just the, the auditory and the exhale. And I, it was magic. <laughs> I felt it, this connection to everyone in that room. And by this, and just, you know, by the looks of the smiles on my students' faces, I, I, I have a sense that they felt it too, which is we're all really connected through our breath. And I really, you know, it's like Hallie, I was, I, she asked me about this class and um, I told her about it and her response to me, it's like how exciting. And it sounds, you know, cause I felt so alive in that moment. She told me, or she wrote to me in an email that it seems like I was living my purpose. If, and, I, and my response to her was like, it feels that way. Like it's, it's just, and I feel so alive when I'm, I'm in these moments of like guiding people or just even being in community and connection, even as a team member, right? Or as a student in a class. So it, for me, it, it goes, there's so many uh, modalities of how I express that purpose. And I think now I'm starting to recognize that, you know, thought and speech are becoming a modality that I'm, I'm really tapping into, right? Podcast, you know, this is our second one together. And it's exciting to see how I continue to evolve and align myself with things that really make me feel the most alive and they just nourish me <laughs> and give me so much energy to be able to like carry on. Mm. Mm. Let's everyone pause and come back to that moment in Supta Kanasana, or for those of you who don't know yoga at all, that's lying on your back in a reclined butterfly pose or shape. So putting the soles of your feet together, splaying your knees out wide. And let's just come back to that moment if you're listening from wherever you're tuning into and take a one deep big collective breath all together. And you inhale breath through the nose and then exhaling however you please. If that's a gentle out your nose or if you need a big auditory sigh to release some energy. Beauty of breath as we can be connected to it and through it with ourselves and with one another and that is the for those of you who are, who have experienced group breathwork practices or group yoga practices it is invigorating it is life-giving it is life-bearing it is amazing just to share breath and especially post-COVID, I find myself having this tremendous amount of gratitude whenever I go to a shared yoga or group fitness class. Like, wow, we can be here together. And, and that 
that's a blessing. That feels incredible um, to be able to say. And I acknowledge we're wrapping things up here. I know we are going to have part three of this conversation as as we've just been um, spewing thoughts right, right and left, and we have so much more to say. Um, but I do want to come back to what Randy had mentioned at the very beginning of the of our conversation, uh, which to me is these points of hardship, meaning these points of self-study, these being in Svadhyaya, um, become an exciting opportunity for rewriting the narrative, right? So if we flip the script, and I'll say that again, these points of hardship become an exciting opportunity for us to rewrite the narrative. So there's one way we could look at, you know, being in a tough mental cycle and just being like, this is awful. And then, or we could say, you know what, I have the opportunity to be in this. And I also have the opportunity to rewrite the narrative. And that is a blessing. And that is also not being a victim to our own experience. Of course, everyone is worthy of a pity party. Everyone's worthy of being in their fields for hours, for months, even for years, being in that, I call it funk town, just being in it, you know, and sometimes we can't wish it away. We just got to, we just got to persist through it. Um, But knowing that life didn't happen to us and happened for us, and we have the ability to rewrite conditioned beliefs and and beliefs that aren't serving us, and we have the ability to rewrite our narrative entirely. And that can happen right now, in this next moment, that can happen tomorrow, that can happen whatever you want it to. So Randy, will you leave us with your final words? Yes. Courtney, I, I kind of want to just um, take a moment to to acknowledge that sitting in discomfort is not easy. It is not easy, and sometimes it can be very challenging. And there's degrees of that, depending on what is you know coming up for you or what you're experiencing. But what I can tell you from experience is that when those things do come up just be so kind to yourself, be good to yourself, take care of yourself. And if you need to get distracted or if you need to do something that you need to be move your body or you need to get, you know, you need to be moving around, cook yourself a healthy meal, do yoga, do move your body, um, you know, tidy up your home. You know, there's so many things we can do that are not, you know, gonna take us backwards, but rather can move us forward, even in those tough times. And just an encouragement to to all the listeners today is, you know, just get really clear on, on why you're doing what you're doing and what it is that you want. And I know Courtney and I, like we're here for each other and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do this in the Philadelphia, um, the Philly Yoga Network. And so let's have more of these conversations. Let's open it up. Let's bring more people in. Let's, let's do this. I could not echo that more. And the final thing that wants to, to come through me is that it's not supposed to be easy and it's also not supposed to be incredibly, incredibly hard. 
right? So just know that, know that for you, know that for the work that you are doing currently or to that is to be done, know that for whatever phase or walk of life you're in currently. And uh, please continue to tune in as we will continue to have these conversations. Go well, be well, breathe well, move well, eat well, whatever you want. And uh, we will catch you again sometime soon. Happy New Year. Bye, Courtney. Thanks, everyone.